Hey guys, welcome to Fuck Small Talk. I'm your host, Mariah Joe, life and recovery coach. I have my master's in sociology and a few certifications in nutrition and behavioral health. I'm also a certified peer recovery specialist, which is a fancy way of saying I use my own experience with addiction and mental health to help others heal too. And I'm here to say fuck that, to fake fluffy talk for the sake of fitting in. You don't need to fit in, you belong. Let's dive into this week's big talk topic. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. I'm really excited to be recording this episode with you because this is my first episode that I'm recording in this new place. I'm yeah, in, really? Yeah, I'm Aww. in my new apartment. And um, so uh, the listeners, they'll get to hear our banter back and forth on our friendship and stuff. But last weekend was yeah. my first weekend in this new place. And it just mm-hmm. happened that months ago, you and I booked tattoo appointments to get matching tattoos. And you ended up being available. I mean, like, I mean, that was the appointment. It was set. That was that. And in my mind, when we made the appointments, you would be staying in the townhome that I shared with my previous partner with us. That was how the weekend was going to go. We were going to go to this appointment and then like maybe have to request like some time to just have some girl talk and stuff. Because in my mind, we were still going to be living with my previous partner. And it just like as the timeline stretched out and things got a little bit closer, I was like, oh, my gosh are you still on to get these tattoos? Because it's going to be the first weekend in my new place. And you were like, hell yes, I'll be there. 100%. Oh, we had like the best weekend. I'm so glad you came here. Oh, we did. And I think it was just so perfect too, that it lined up the way it did. And like, I'm so happy that I got to be like one of your first guests in your new place and like, just kind of, I don't know, get like the vibes going and just, I don't know, be be with you during that time that was really cool so I'm so I mean I'm not happy that there was hardship but I think that the beauty that's come of it is and is going to continue to come of it is just beyond like what you could have imagined or what I could have imagined like yeah it's like it's like everything I just I had no idea how any of this was going to unfold obviously with anything new like a brand new adventure like this like a new home um just recently you know started a new job you know now I'm like newly single what does that mean um and just like you know trying to tell my mind that it's newly free not like newly Mm -hmm. alone you know and that they're different things and so that was just gorgeous that of course you like we don't see each other very often you live uh, no not in person like no and so for for it to just work out and for that to be the weekend where like, you know, I didn't have to worry about sleeping alone in my bed like the first weekend or anything. It was just gorgeous. Oh, yeah. I mean, you really did get like in a lot of ways, like a whole new life all at once. Like I know. And that's a lot to take in. But I think you're doing such a good job of just um, letting it wash over you and taking in the newness as it comes and sort of letting letting life and the direction that it's taking you sort of shape who you are in ways that you didn't even expect. Like that's a lot of rolling with the flow, you know, but you're, you're killing it. So it's really interesting to have somebody like you. I mean, like you, you know, my spirit and my soul to its core. And it's so Mm -hmm. interesting to hear you like say that you've been witnessing me live this out or you know just go through the motions and somehow it looks like grace to you and I'm like what oh yeah (laughs) 
I mean, I think you've always been such a gracious person though. Like, you know, I mean, obviously if you weren't this, you know, friendship wouldn't be the same. Like we are, you, you have such an ability to accept other people as they are. And I think that I've watched you work really hard on doing that for yourself too in the last couple of years, which has been incredible because I think like when we were first friends, that wasn't something that you offered yourself nearly so readily. And now it's something that like, I'm just so proud of you because it's what a beautiful growth direction, like for anyone. But I think especially just coming from just some tough experiences, you know, for you to be able to then turn that all around and like just embrace what comes your way like the way that you have is rare and incredible to me (laughs) so yeah it's pretty cool I'm just like staring at you and (laughs) (laughs) I hated you because like anytime Anytime we're talking about something serious where I'm like, I just love you or I'm just so proud of you or whatever, like my eyes just missed. I'm just a misty eyed person. (laughs) So I'm just sitting over here like, I'm so proud of you. Like, I don't know. I just am. Well, when you were here over the weekend, I mean, obviously I still had like boxes everywhere. I was like doing pretty good at getting it set up like a home, but I was just like, holy shit, how many transitions have you seen me go through? And like, (laughs) it's vice versa, you know, like your life has definitely been evolving the way that it's been evolving. And so it's just Mm -hmm. been really bizarre in the best way where Mm -hmm. like, you know, past me you know who I was before I went to treatment. You knew who I was when I was like very self-destructive and that happened to be like my day to day. Um, and it was more like I was caring for others more than I cared for myself. And, um, and then like to the point where my addiction got so bad, where I did stop taking other people's feelings into consideration to that selfish piece, you know? And so like Mm -hmm. you've witnessed all of me and you're still here. And so you're here to see, who I am now and what I'm trying to do with the cards that I was dealt. And it's just so fucking beautiful. I don't have a lot of friends like that. And I have no friends like you. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm so proud of our friendship. And like, I think, I think we talked about this when I was there the last weekend, but just like how cool it is to have someone who's been in your life for this long. Like, I think it's been, what, six or seven years now? Has it? Yeah, I was like, I suppose. It feels like it's been so much longer. And it also feels like, I don't know. (laughs) It's so crazy. But I'm so, like, especially because I think that, like, when we met at JL Beers, um, we were so much younger. And we were so much, like, just different, I don't know, in different places in our lives than we are now. But I love like having a friend who knew me back then and who could like who's seen my progression, who's seen the very worst and the very best and who sticks around and who just like, I don't know, like it does kind of feel like a spiritual like I take your hand and you take my hand and we just walk these roads together. And even if we're not, you know, in person together all the time, like I still feel like you're walking it with me and I hope you feel like I'm walking it with you in spirit because I am like, oh yeah, I don't know. I just 
love that. I love having, having this kind of friendship. Yeah. It's like, no matter what I'm going through and like, I've spoken about my mental health struggles and things, um, on the podcast and on social media, you know, for, um, anybody that's been on, you know, following along. Yeah. It definitely has been bumpy. And like, when I hit my moments of feeling similarly to how I did before I went to treatment, like that suicidal ideation Mm -hmm. pops up sometimes, you know, and I don't mean to get like that heavy or that deep right away, but it's like, that is a big part of who I used to be. Um, and Mm -hmm. how my mind used to operate. And so now when I get really, really hard moments, that still is a thought that comes across my mind, but I can challenge it today in a way that I never Mm -hmm. knew how to before. Um, and so I can recognize it just as a thought, not as me or like a truth that I have to like entertain, you know what I mean? And when I get into those moments, if I truly ask myself, which I do now, I have these self-aware tools to like ask myself, you know, like who actually is here for you unconditionally for sure. Like you don't have to doubt that at all. And of course my sisters come to mind, but you are like a very close third. Like you're, you are in my wheelhouse of people that you are, you are my sister. Like you are very connected to me spiritually. Like if I ever question my value on earth or anything, all I have to remember is that you support me in everything that I do and you want to see me do well. And I know that for sure. Like there's no always, question. always. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I know that you feel the same for me. And like, I think both of us are kind of similar in that we form a lot of connections and we form them quickly because we're people, people, you know, we love to engage and interact and it's very energizing to like connect with others. But I think it's especially important to have those deeper connections where like you do have that the grounding faith in each other where it's just like you know it's real you know it's 100% like that other person being who they are and you being who you are and like it just works because I feel like you can form so many superficial connections in life but to have something that lasts over time and that just does really feel very like I'm safe here is irreplaceable. Yeah. I, I think like in the spirit of fuck small talk, I want to talk a little bit about that because like, it's easy to say that someone is an extrovert or that they're a person. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a, I'm a, we are people, people, you know, I'm a person person. Yeah. Um, That makes sense. But at what degree, you know, are you, mm-hmm. are you going about your life having cool, like, more friends or um like in quantity instead of quality like are you getting deep with the people that you're surrounding yourself with and is that the energy that like do you feel this way about your circle is it unconditional do you know for sure that they have your back or is it like you know I'm out for like the the boost of energy that like being in a crowd does for me but it like I go home feeling like no one understands me yes yeah i i relate to that even Maybe not necessarily like in my, I mean, in the past, for sure, in friend circles, that's kind of been something that I've, I've felt before. But I think now, like, even as a bartender, I make so many little connections with people throughout the day. But all of that is so like, I don't know, it's not 100, it's not fake, but it's not like real, real, Totally. you know, and so when you make when you spend your days in superficial connection, like you do go home feeling lonely and like you do go home feeling like 
you're missing that, you know, that deeper connection, that like stronger bond. And that's just like a micro example, I guess. But like, but like in general, like are are the conversations that you're having, like, are you, are you like, it's not about anybody else, right? It's about yourself. And so a question that I've like had to really ask is like, is this performative? Am I Mm. performing? To like mm-hmm. fit in and just make a situation go as smoothly as possible, or is this authentic? And like, mm. there's a time and place. Like when you're bartending, if yes. you tried to make every connection authentic, like you'd be the worst bartender ever. It just wouldn't work. Right? You could never. <laughs> you yeah. just have to keep keep everything rolling, but or anybody like that's in a service job at all. Like if you work with customers or whatever, like there's a certain point where you need to make that connection with your clients, but also like, like no, that's not really what your job is about. You know, like. Yeah. And kind of going back to what you were saying, where like, it's about you. I think that it is really easy to be performative, especially if you are, if you have an extroverted side of you, or like, I always call it my extroverted business suit that I put (laughs) on. There are occasions where that is absolutely like what I need to do and it's appropriate and it feels good and it's, you know, whatever. But like, there's a time and place for that business suit. And it doesn't need to be there when I'm like talking to you or talking to, you know, my partner or my closer friends. Like, and so I think I can feel in my like spirit when I'm putting it on and when I'm taking it off. And sometimes it surprises me like who I put it on with and who I don't like, you know, if I'm making a new friend connection or whatever, I think that's kind of like a good indicator for me of like, is this going to be something I feel comfortable in? or not like if I put that business suit on or not like yes so kind of which version of me someone is going to get is dependent on like how my spirit feels even before I am like making that conscious decision yes Brene Brown talks about this a lot she just calls it armor you know and she Mm -hmm. like goes through all of the like analogies of like how heavy it is to carry around and like how clunky it is Mm -hmm. to like live in that way But when we don't feel safe, like when we put on a business suit and we feel like the world will accept us in a better way because we are wearing that business suit, that subconsciously we understand that not having the business suit on would mean that we would be less acceptable. And so by default, to be ourselves, to be someone to show up without that attire or without that armor or that performative smile or you know, the, how's it going? Oh, it's great. Or it's fine. You know, and being performative with someone, we think that if we weren't putting on a show or wearing this particular like armor suit vibe, that we wouldn't be accepted. And like some people get so stuck in that. And I say some people meaning me, like it's, it's such a human being thing to recognize that if I can take off my armor and be vulnerable with this someone, with this person, then I can be authentic. Then I can actually get to the root of like what connection actually means. And to me, that's like the meaning of being a human being on planet earth. Like we are spiritual people, we're spiritual beings, Mm -hmm. and we happen to like have human bodies and we can like experience the world through our bodies by using them. But when we're not comfortable with taking off the business suit and being ourselves with someone just like like you and I do we like walk hand in hand you know and mm-hmm. we we can be like raw real just like yo like this is what's going on with me today 
if we aren't comfortable with ourselves enough to take that off, then we won't find people that we connect with on that level. And then how will we feel about our mm. experience with of life in general yeah, of life? And like, how does that go back to mental health and like just our purpose in life and what we're doing here, you know? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think that we have been very blessed to be able to find each other when we did. And I know that um, just like in, you know, my day to day, I encounter a lot of people who really do struggle to make connections and to like form deep bonds like that. And part of that is, you know, like why they're at the bar, why they're, you know, spending their afternoons chatting with me because they aren't forming those connections elsewhere. And like, it does remind me how lucky I am because, you know, it could have been, it could have been me there. It could have been, you know, like me struggling to, to find people that I can really just be free with. One of my mom's favorite songs growing up was this song by, oh, I can't remember her name now. Maybe it's like Carol King, but it's, um, the lyrics are feel free to laugh or cry, feel free to wonder why. And just like, feel free to be me. And it's cheesy, but it's very like, it was something that she preached to us as kids, like that freedom, that feeling uh, that you can be exactly who you are, your imperfections and all, ugly and all, chase that with people. Because that kind of connection is like irreplaceable. So it's, you know. We are very lucky to to have that with each other, I think. We're so lucky. It's crazy. And it's it's so weird. Like I remember that day I was working my shift. I was this was well before I went to treatment. And so I remember the majority of my mornings working that job. I was extremely hungover or still drunk and like working through mm -hmm. like a headache or a stomach ache or like trying as many samples as I possibly could to just like <laughs> like get yeah. through the morning, like catch a buzz before my shift started, which is crazy. Like that's that's how I used to live that job. And I remember yes, someone saying yeah. that we had a new girl coming in for the day to train. And I was like, first of all, I was like, didn't feel good. So I was like, great. You know, and then they said, <laughs> like, um, her name's Ellen, you know, she'll be here soon. And I was like, okay, well, like, I wonder what she's like, you know, am I, am I going to be like annoyed all day? Or is she going to be a good worker? Um, mm -hmm. And you like, you walked around the corner and I saw you and it just like, I don't know what I was picturing when someone said the new woman, Ellen. But like you weren't it <laughs> like you just you walk in like just like glowy and goddessy and with your like sandy blonde Aww. like gorgeous curls everywhere and your smile and I was like you're like a light like hello like and you know, you're, you're younger than me but I just pictured like for some reason like this older like 40 year old woman just like grumpy or like <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because everyone else who has the name Ellen is like 40 and above let's be real. <laughs> so I met you and I was like oh. yeah man. <laughs> And just like, I don't know your energy. I swear, like our spirits met each other. And I was like, oh, perfect. There you are. Like, I've been, you know, looking yeah. for you to jump on board, uh, you know, finally. I love it. And I remember like, I was feeling so, it was my first service industry. Like I had done retail before that. And so oh, yeah. I was like, I was so nervous. I was so like, just feeling unsure and feeling exposed because you just kind of do in serving like everybody is kind of watching you and so I think I was so like nervous and and then I remember you like wrote me a little note um through one of the 
like you, you know you could like name every tab or whatever yeah on and the computer you, like, named a tab for me and you were like Ellen is beautiful or something like that and it literally just like I didn't know who had made it and because I didn't know your name yet and so then I finally like put two and two together and I was like oh there's someone here who's like already my friend like who's already <laughs> just cool and like I weirdly feel like she's for me and supportive of me already and like this is going to be okay, you know? And like, you really made that job okay for me. Like, which was, I mean, it was a great, great job, but I think I was really just meant to be there to like meet up with you. And yeah, very much yeah. like, yeah, our spirituality is like, they just align. And so like, mm-hmm. I don't, I swear, like, it's not, I don't know how it sounds, whatever, but like your aura like spoke to me and I was like, this is my friend. Like, no matter what I know that we are and like, no, I don't know anything about her, but uh, like, I feel like I do though. I kind of feel like we're both on the same like ship and we have both experienced like such crazy storms on that ship. And even though we're not like necessarily always like going through them at the same time, it feels like we are though. Like there's just there's so much that we like encounter that's, you know, it's not the same. It's not like we have the exact same life experience, but like the way that we go through it and the way that we process it is so similar. So it does really just feel like you have that, like, like at least you're not alone on this ship, you know, at least you're not like the only one going through these crazy transitions and these like hefty, just emotions. Like, you know, one of the things that I've always loved about our friendship is that like you're such a deep feeler and thinker and so am I and being with you and like having the conversations that we have gives me the freedom to just be that and not feel like I'm too much for you or like you're too much for me like which is huge because I have felt too much for a lot of people throughout my life same it's always been you you think too much you feel too much you're too emotional too too yeah. too and so yeah. when that when that thing started going around on on Instagram and TikTok and it says if I'm too much go find less and I'm like fuck yes mm-hmm. and you know I understand like there are people that are like too deep too or I don't I don't even want to say that but like I guess there's a time and a place I guess for these conversations yeah. it's like, not that the person is too deep it's yes. that it doesn't have to be like a hundred percent all the time, the time. yeah because that yeah. can be kind of draining fun. and I recognize that you know yeah. but if someone is unwilling to ever take off a business suit ever I literally can't connect with you and I'll end up walking no. away like there's nothing that I can do because I'll try mm-hmm. to explain the concept of you know the 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 armor that you're wearing and um that's just it sounds shitty like I'm gonna explain to you that you're not being real with me you know I'm not trying to it's just been so frustrating I guess coming out of my previous relationship especially I just gotta say like damn like being this deep big thinker and feeler has been it's caused a lot of like mental health problems in me because I haven't been able to tap into the energy that I need in order to feel seen, heard, appreciated, loved unconditionally for being my deep, big, everywhere feeling person. You know what I mean? So literally, I can't say it enough. Like you staying with me the first weekend that I was in my new home, newly single, newly like trying to figure out who I am again, you know, like tap back into my own energy because I've been so um, just 
I don't know. I just have been in survival mode, like trying to operate and having that weekend with you where you just like, <laughs> I don't know, you, you show up late. I finally like, uh, it's like late in the night and we end up getting pizza and like that all worked out weirdly <laughs> fine. Now I have to tell the story. I feel like, cause so one of yeah. our really good, one of our good friends, um, she works for a pizza place here in Fargo and I called because I got this coupon on my door for being a new resident here. They were like, welcome to the neighborhood. Here's a free pizza from this place. So I called and I tried. I tried to call one location. They transferred me to the other location. Then they transferred me to the other location. It was like, I'm not joking, 40 minutes of being transferred, being on hold, being hung up on, being transferred to the voicemail of the other store. And I'm like, dude, it's just a pizza. Like, I'm just trying to put in a pizza order for delivery to my new building. It what is going be on? It's hard. No, I was like, is some like, you've got to be kidding me. I thought it was a joke. Like the universe was being so weird. And then I, I hung up and I was like, no, no, I'm not going to give up. I know that my really good friend works for these people. I'm going to call them. I'm not, I'm going to call my friend and I'm going to explain sheepishly because I know she's busy and I know she's working. And like, I don't even know if she's at the right store that I need to get the pizza <laughs> delivered to me, but I'm going to call her. And I did. And she was like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm so sorry that that happened. And I was like, well, Ellen's going to be here in like 15 minutes. And this pizza's supposed to be here. And then it's not even ordered yet. And so she just pulled some strings and showed up, you know, well, you showed up, you got to see my new place. We were just hanging out. And then all of a sudden she shows up with way too much food. She ended up giving us the pizza for free. The freaking, what was there? Breadsticks, like cheesy bread. Oh my God. Cookies, mini donuts, like <laughs> they loaded us up. It was incredible. And <sighs> I think honestly, in the end, it was worth it <laughs> because <laughs> we had a feast by the end. <laughs> For real. It's like just such a metaphor of life. It's like go through the shit, be patient, be polite, don't burn bridges, and do the best that you yeah. can because there will be a reward at the end. <laughs> like, Oh, oh yeah. And like we got to see our mutual friend and that was amazing. Like I haven't so seen funny. her in a really long time. So that was really cool. It just worked out. It was, it was great. So <laughs> random. But I definitely remember you texting me and being like, so I'm trying. And then 20 minutes later, like still not happening. <laughs> so ridiculous. Uh, it's just I a know. goddamn pizza. But oh it wasn't. It was the universe getting her to come and see my apartment for the first time. And it was like, we literally had like a smorgasbord of food. <laughs> oh, my God. It was incredible. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, a lot has freaking changed since the first time that we met each other and like how we used to hang out. You know, it was definitely mm -hmm. our spirits connected and we understood that. I understood that. Um, yeah. And so like that authentic connection has always been there, but we've always connected over alcohol you know, mm -hmm. and, and um, meeting for drinks or meeting to like smoke yes. weed or whatever it is. And it's, it was yeah. so um, hard to stay authentically connected once you kind of leave your bot, like once you leave your body behind because you're mm -hmm. getting drunk mm -hmm. and you're just kind of um, like floating through the rest of the night. Like it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to connect with really anyone and especially yourself when you're like that. And so things have really changed a lot. I think that that is a really cool thing because I, what I learned when I kind of like moved into the world of alcohol and weed and just like substance, I guess, um, was that when people stop, 
they lose a lot of their friends because their friends like literally don't know how to connect with them anymore when there aren't those things kind of bridging a gap for them. Um, And I remember being friends with a couple of people who like in college who did reject those that stopped after they stopped. And, and I think this was even like before we were friends, but I just remember at that time thinking like, what a ridiculous thing. Like, aren't you friends? You know, like, don't you have something beyond this to connect you? Like, that's so crazy. But as I've gotten older, like my perspective, I mean, I still think it's crazy to like not be friends over something like that. But I think it's kind of meant to be like those that can't handle you when you're not doing the same thing that they're doing aren't meant to be in your life long term, you know, and and maybe that's okay. And hopefully they can grow. Um, but I think that it's a good um albeit very difficult, but it's a good experience of who really cares about you, like who really loves you for you um, or who loves you for what you bring to a good time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like what's the purpose behind the relationship? Like what were you, you know, I don't know. That's something that I definitely, um, you know, you know, my grief that I carry still today with the people that I lost because Um, I either had to leave them, um, just due to like the heightened levels that they were like drinking or using drugs Mm -hmm. or whatever it was. It was just like the, how I was like needing to operate in order to like save myself didn't operate with them. And so it's half guilt of feeling like I left people that like, I feel bad, you know, that I stepped forward and knowing that like, that's what I was doing. And then it's half like bitterness almost where it's like Mm -hmm. rejection I feel hurt because I they they left me you know I didn't want to stop being their friend um but I think like when you make a friendship when when you um how do I say this I want to like go back to that metaphor because it was just so beautiful like when you are wearing armor constantly Mm -hmm. and you make friends with someone while wearing that armor Mm -hmm. like that's as deep as it's gonna go yep And um, when you meet over drinks, like alcohol or drugs or whatever, when you have a substance altering your mindset, it takes off that armor by default. And so your your inhibitions get lowered. You tend to say things, do things that like you would never do if you were not drinking or like if you were in your right coherent mind. Yes. And so people can form a deeper connection by drinking because the act of drinking alcohol takes away that armor that is Mm. so rigid and why they're so socially anxious and why they feel like they can't be themselves or why they feel like they're more fun when they drink or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. These are all ways to say that it takes the armor off. Yeah. I mean, like even, um, in my world right now, like a, a sad and hard example of that is like my partner's dad who, um, is not a super like communicative or loving person unless he drinks. So like he wants my partner to be around during those times so that they can have connections and they can have 
like he can lower that armor so that they can, you know, bond. And for my partner, in his world, it's much more like, I don't want to bond with you if the only way you can do that with me is when you drink. Like, that sucks, you know? Like, it's not that, it just doesn't feel real then. It doesn't feel like that connection is um, buildable if you can only meet me when you're like almost incoherent you know like that's that's not what he's looking for and so I think to have that um that mindset it's it it makes sense to me and I understand why it is so um natural especially for people who do like struggle to emotionally connect naturally um but it's I think it can be pretty damaging to those connections when like that's the only way you can have them what comes first you know the chicken or the egg it's like are you not able to emotionally connect so you drink alcohol in order to feel like you can finally have that like relief Mm -hmm. of the anxiety or whatever's holding you back to like then be able to communicate or connect in that manner but like it's not authentic like it's a sloppy really sometimes annoying and you know unfiltered frustrating version of yourself that comes out you know and so it's not again that's not even the real you so it's not like by drinking your authentic self comes out like it's just that there's this like really messy unhealed like version of like part of you that is able to be there but like for someone who really cares about somebody else, it's like, but who are you without that elixir, you know? Yeah. And I, I almost like maybe instead of alcohol, because I, I do think people view like alcohol and like just substance in general, whatever it may be, as as something that pulls their armor off. But I almost think it's kind of the opposite. I think it gives you a different form of armor or maybe even like a thicker form of armor because like Yes, in some ways you are you are much less inhibited than you would have been. So maybe your reactions are more natural. But like it's also the armor of you can go back the next day and be like, oh well, I was drunk. So I I only said that because I was drunk or because I was high or because I was whatever. Like I would never do that normally, but you know, I was under the influence. So X, Y, and Z. Like so I feel like it, it's a weird thing where it's like, yes, you are less inhibited than you naturally would be. And so you are maybe like more free flowing feeling, whatever. But if you do something that hurts someone in that mode and then you come out of it the next day, well, then it's your armor because it's the thing that like made you do it. Yep. In your quotes, you know, and obviously yep. no one made you do anything. Right. You did what came out. It's like your alter ego when you're drinking is a really great scapegoat that you can use. Yes. As like yeah. somebody else did that. Like it wasn't me, it was Patricia. Like Yes, exactly. <laughs> like I I get in those moments for me, I get way too like like I'll say way too much to like someone who doesn't deserve to hear that much, you know? <laughs> Like I, my, and you know me, like I don't have a great filter necessarily, but like I have, I've none when I am like, especially drinking. And so it's something where I've had to look at that and be like, okay, 
there are settings with certain people where I'm comfortable with that and they're comfortable with that and it's all going to like be great. But there are settings where like if I don't know someone that well, I'm probably not going to go that far, like get myself to that point because I know that I'm going to share things that later on I'm going to wish that I hadn't, you know? Like I'm going to I think it's very very similar to understanding. It's like reading the room and recognizing, mm-hmm. you know, are these people people that I am business suit am I suiting up? to go meet these people, which is valid and okay. And like necessary in order to operate in our world. Like, you know, when when I go to Hornbachers and I'm that version of Mariah, very, very different than sitting and being, you know, on my patio with Ellen, watching the sunset and catching up, like very different, (laughs) you know, and I think, yes. And like other people's energies, like energy doesn't lie to me. And so like being Mm. able to, um, it's like being able to connect with someone who you just know, like, is like, you know, that's the thing these days, you know, kids these days, they're saying like, it's a vibe, you know, yeah. like they're a vibe. Um, this song is a vibe. Like it just is, you're saying that like it, it connects with mm-hmm. you. Like there's yeah. like, there's a, something in this has little resistance. Um, and so it's able to like reach me or I'm able to reach it. And yeah. Um, it's so hard to try to have connection and build connection and try to do something long-term with someone who isn't matching that, who doesn't recognize that or isn't able to, or willing to take that armor off and be a real like version, uh, an unarmored version. I don't even want to say real, you know, but just like an unarmored version of themselves. I think like that's why you and I connect so well, because we are such like let's talk about what it means to be a human being on planet earth in the year 2023, you know? <laughs> yes. But I also think too, like, so one thing that I think we both have in common as people is that like, we have sort of x-ray vision for what's underneath the armor. And like, would you call that empathy? Uh, yeah, I think empathy for sure. But I also, I just think that there really is something, um, and maybe that, you know, maybe it's just like a semantics thing for me, but I feel like there is something like spiritually deeper about that, that vision, like kind of capital S sight is how I have described it in the past, but I just feel like it's something oh, yeah. where it's like um, a capital K knowing. Yes. Yeah. A kenning is another uh, phrase for that. Um, and, and that kind of goes way back to like wise women. Um, in the in history intuition yes having that that special um special site special you know whatever but I do just think that um it can be hard to be someone who sees so much when it's maybe not even like revealed to you you just take it all in because that's part of your spirit that you can see those things um And so I think like, you know, even just to reference like relationships and all of that, because like I've had my fair share of relationships where that armor didn't come off the way I expected it to. Um, And, you know, that was the end of things in in some of my relationships, too, just because of the same reason. And to stay Um, in those friendships and relationships for as long as they last, it's like painful for someone like you and I. And it's like, we want to stay because we see the potential of like, because, because we feel and see this person's spirit and we love what we can sense. But like, if you're not able to literally take off that armor and be with me, be one with me and see me and let me see you fully. Like, I remember telling my previous partner, like we were in one of our 
our we were in the kitchen in one of our arguments leading up to the breakup. And I just said, it's not that I need you to go to therapy. I'm not telling you that you're fucked up. I'm telling you that if you went to therapy, maybe you would get to know you better. And I want you to know you better so then I can know you better. Mm, Amen. Like there's like a deeper part of you that I see and I know is there and you are denying. Mm -hmm. And it is so hard for me to want to reach you because I love you and Mm -hmm. you're not letting me in. And it's so frustrating. It's so hard and heartbreaking when like you, you can't do it for someone else. You know, it's very, very similar to like other conversations I've had on this podcast where you're like, hey, I see that you're using alcohol or this substance as like a huge cover up for something else that's going on underneath. You're trying to put on or you're you're trying to take off armor to like let yourself loose. And what you're doing is putting more on like you got to get real with yourself and without people being ready or prepared to look into that and look at themselves in the mirror like it just can't happen and so I know that you've had relationships like that in the past where you're like hey this is who I am Mm -hmm. and the man is like hard stop we don't talk about those deep things that you need and then I mean it lasts a while you know and then eventually you're like I just can't like it's it's more painful yeah but it's more painful to stay than it is to go oh yeah I mean I think there's like literally nothing more painful than than being with someone who like you see I don't even want to say potential because it's like it's not just potential like it's there it's there. you know like what I see is there and and I can like almost touch it but because this person is just not there yet or like they just have some growth to do or or maybe that growth will never happen because I can't make anything happen right like right. I can't force anyone to you know be further along in their journey than they are to recognize that that's just not going to you're not going to get that part of them because for whatever reason they're not ready to give it or they're not ready to even see it in themselves yet I think recognizing that and that it's time to move on it's time to find someone who is more like at your wavelength of your path or or even just your wavelength of openness and like vulnerability it's it's so so hard and and I think that a lot of relationships end because of that and I think a lot of relationships don't end because of that because the one who needs more just gives up that need for more yes oh fuck don't and then over time like I mean I just feel like that's kind of a death sentence to your heart you know like but like to feel that way spiritually Man, I know for sure that I should have picked the phone up a lot more and called you. I guarantee you that having deeper conversations with you, like when you came over a few months ago and we sat on on my couch in that that ugly green townhome. Yeah. And you know, you're just you're you are our friendship is how it is. And so you're genuinely asking me, like, how are you? And I hadn't been real with someone. I had been hiding in my shell putting that armor on, putting that business suit on, smiling, saying like, yes, we just moved in together. Everything is super great. Mm -hmm. So much fun. I love it. (laughs) Oh my God. When like, when you came and asked me how I am and it was such an aha moment for me and it broke my heart and I remember bawling and I remember Mm -hmm. laughing and I remember just like, I needed you to 
ask me how I am. And I needed it to be you in front of me in order to remember that like, hey, this isn't a business suit person. This isn't an armor person. This is a safe person. And I got to tell her right now Mm -hmm. in order to save myself how I really feel right now. And I was just honest with you about how unhappy I had been. And that was the start of me being like, I know what I have to do. You know, and it took it took a while um for me to like get my footing and and you know get the bravery or whatever um to prepare to have that conversation with him but I mean thank god we did because that was about four months into he and I living together and you know I was just like it just doesn't feel the way that I really expected or need it to I think and you know six months into us living there we moved out and so I'm just like honestly so grateful because you are such a beautiful mirror to my spirit that when I tell you what's up I can like see in you the truth of like what I actually have to do. So like without having like you to have that conversation with, I don't think that I would have seen it or been aware of it or admitted it. (laughs) Oh, I totally, totally get that. I think that I am the same way because I mean, obviously like you want something to, you know, you want to find somebody and you want it to work. Like, and you are like, you have such a big heart. And you love so deeply. And so like, especially when, you know, you're already at that point with someone where like you're moving in together and you're figuring out like how that works now and how to like mesh your lives and all of that. Like, I think it's easy to um, almost feel like you have to protect that while it's developing and growing. But as it's developing and growing, you're also seeing things that are maybe red flags, just not, not in general, but just for you, for your, what you want in your life. Um, And I think the instinct to like protect it and let it grow can kind of keep you from the instinct to like, listen to your gut at the same, I don't know, like, at least for me, like my heart wants to um, make everything work, you know, like like this is going to be okay it's all going to be okay but to have someone who like sees past that to like what you're actually feeling and like asks you like all right so i get that like you're having you know this is fun but like what about these things like you know what about i've heard a little hesitance here you know tell me more about that or whatever like it's not that you want to go into those things because those are hard things to talk about and hard things to embrace as the like uncertainty but it's hard to admit you know to get out of denial it's like once you admit something then you're not in denial you can't say oh I don't know I'm just in denial about that like as soon as you say that you're not anymore and now you have a choice to make and it does sink over your spirit you have to um you have to take all of that in as soon as you say it and I think like our hearts know the things that our minds don't want to accept yet and they keep pushing those things to the surface and depending on you know obviously if if you exercise that muscle in your brain all the time of like nope it's fine nope it's fine nope it's fine then that's what your brain's going to keep doing because you have wired that path your neurons are traveling that path like they get it they understand that that's what you want because that's where you're always pushing them And so to retrain and be like, okay, maybe this is not fine. Maybe I am not doing as well as I wanted to 
tell myself I was doing in this relationship or in this career or whatever it is, whatever it is, even with this relationship with alcohol, like that reminds me so much of being like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And like your intuition is like alert, 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 which is why over time we drink more and more and more. We drink in more settings than we're used to. We drink when we're alone all of a sudden. We drink and you know, not everybody escalates in the same ways or at the same progression, you know, as everybody else. Not everybody progresses with their alcohol use. But for those of us that do, when we're in denial, it's so interesting to like be operating in denial because I feel like that is so deep. It's like once we get a once we get that one like little finger poke from the universe, it's like, mm-hmm. hey, this doesn't feel good. Like we know that it doesn't feel good. Yes. And so we have to be aware that like, this doesn't feel good to me, but I'm going to continue to do it again. That I think starts to almost like decompose your, your spirit a little bit. Like when you keep making those decisions, because like, then your spirit understands like, oh, you're just going to ignore me. Yes. You know? And that is like fracturing. Yes. And then your spirit will start to recognize that. Well, like, I don't know if, I don't know if your spirit ever does, but I think like, so this reminds me of the previous episode, Jana Wilson, she, her amazing book called Wise Little One. I just interviewed her and we were talking about your inner child and she was like, yes, this is what it sounds like. What was happening is where your inner child was saying, Hey, this doesn't feel good to us. Hey, we don't like that. Or, Hey, remember when you said that you would give us this though? And the entire time my, I, the adult version of me, the harmed unhealed person the version of me that wants to keep that armor on Mm -hmm. turns to the past and says to my inner child shush shush Mm -hmm. we don't have time for that or you know don't say those things here we don't talk about that and I'm literally doing those things to my inner child to my spirit you know synonymous to me um that I literally say fuck small talk about I'm saying fuck small talk like, I, no, I'm not. I haven't been saying fuck small talk to my inner critic, to my inner child, to my inner self. Like, she just wants us to go towards our people, our things, our places, you know, things that are meant for us. And when I deny that and I say, shush, I'm going to go do this thing anyway, even though you're telling me my intuition, my inner mm-hmm. child, you know, mm-hmm. that version of me, it's all the same thing to me. My spirit is telling me no, or maybe be cautious about this. And I'm like, it'll be fine. I'll just drink alcohol and then I'll get less cautious. And then I'll just move forward with the decision that I want to make. Like, no, maybe just don't do the alcohol. (laughs) Don't go into the, you know, it's like my intuition's like, hey, if you go into that fire, you're probably going to get burned. And I'm like, oh, I know due to past experience that if I down this alcohol or smoke this weed or take this drug or whatever it is, then I can walk into that fire and it won't feel like I'm getting burned, at least while I'm in there (laughs) until the alcohol wears off. And then Mm -hmm. I'll deal with the burns on the aftermath because that sounds better to me. You know, I don't know why, but like, it just reminds me of when I was a literal child and we, like my mom actually had a cookie jar and I literally took cookies out of the cookie jar when I was not allowed to. And I Mm -hmm. remember distinctively thinking, and this was like young, like maybe five, thinking like, it is worth it to me to have this cookie. I'll take the spanking for it. I know I'm going to have a spanking. I know I'm going to experience pain after what I am impulsively choosing to do right now. But it's worth it to me. That pattern for me has been a tricky one. 
throughout my life because it's absolutely that. It's like, I'll walk through the fire. Like I can handle it. That's not a big deal. Like whatever's on the other end is worth it for me, you know, but it's like, is it though? Like, is it worth it? Like it's a cookie, you know, or it's a couple drinks. Like, is it really worth what's on the other end? I think it's such a human instinct to, um, to tell yourself you can handle something when like that inner child is telling you like, no, this is, this isn't good, you know? Well, and even, even like even deeper and more subconsciously, like if there's part of you that's like, well, we're good at it. We're Mm -hmm. good at walking through the fire and getting burned. I'm good at being in relationships that feel unfulfilling to me. I'm good at, you know, feeling like I'm not worth enough. I'm good at feeling like uh, no one sees me or feeling like I am too much. Like I'm good at those things because that's all that I fucking know. Right. And so if I'm good at it, if I'm good at being in a relationship that makes me unhappy, I will just continue to choose that thing that I know that I'm successful at. I'm successful at not being successful at relationships. And that is like part of my identity, I feel like at this point. And so it feels comfortable to me. So we're going to go towards what's familiar. Right. Exactly. Instead of what is necessary for our authentic, think, real happiness without armor. Yes, 100%. And that's like, to me, that's the scary part about life um, is that everything is so shaped by your perspective of your life, of what you experience, of all of it. And so how you frame everything is how it is. Like you have so much mental power over your own experience, regardless of like what's happening, like how you take it in and how you synthesize the information, how you um, take that and carry it forward into your your actions and like your next you know relationships or whatever. Like you have so much power. And if you are, um, I don't... I need to think of like a better way of saying this, but like, if you're kind of like mentally lazy about it, I guess, um, negative things do take over really quickly or, or pathways in your brain that are not so healthy for you. Like, and so it's something where you have to be so, um, active and conscious and intentional over and over and over. Yeah. Yes. Because if you're not like, if you're not willing to move into that part of your kind of like what we were just talking about with you how like you've been able to embrace so many transitions and changes and like rather than letting those things embitter you um growing from them and like flourishing but you are flourishing and growing because you're putting in that time and that intention and that like action where like it builds a good fire in your soul that like pushes you forward to where you need to be rather than to maybe what like an older version of yourself would have wanted. Like it's different than you would have pictured, but it's good. And and you're here because you've worked really hard to be here, you know, like, so yeah. I don't know, just that, that power that your own mind has to tell yourself how you're doing or how you're feeling or whatever, like is significant in your own experience of every single thing you go through and how you grow. Holy. Okay. So until we've had this discussion, I haven't even connected the dots that I have never been through a breakup from a serious relationship where I was in recovery. 
And mm-hmm. this is also why I feel so bizarre, I think, in this transition, yeah. because it was my first relationship that was a recovery focused, you know, like the connection wasn't as deep as I would have like loved and needed. So like, there's like, obviously, like ways that it wasn't working. But the breakup didn't involve us screaming at each other, cheating on each other, mm-hmm. getting drunk. Um, There was nothing like that. And I definitely have work to do, um, you know, on that, but it felt like because it was so emotionless on his part that I felt like there was, that he didn't feel like he, that he didn't care, you know? And, um, you know, that's like a whole nother like thing and it's stuff that I have to work on, you know, but I'm so used to it being explosive. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm familiar with that meaning that you care so much that it has to like, you know, turn into violence or something because yeah, like, yo, check my upbringing, you know, with how my dad handled things. But yeah, yeah, it's just, it's totally new and different and being able to like take myself on a walk these days and Mm -hmm. play a meditation or listen to like a spiritual leader or a podcast to like get my mind right when I'm feeling fucked up Mm -hmm. instead of going to the bar and getting day drunk because I want to drown my feelings through this heartbreak. Like, completely different worldviews but I've had years in recovery before this breakup in order to strengthen that mindset and take my power back to be like actually I'm not going to drown myself in alcohol and more legal troubles and more financial trouble and whatever because something just isn't it didn't work out you know what I mean like my future is brighter and I don't have to (laughs) self-destruct you know exactly and like I think um what's really interesting about I like that you said self-destruct because what's interesting about that is um, I feel like when you are running away from dealing with something, you feel like you are keeping yourself from self-destructing. Like you're fleeing the pain and the um, implosion. Mm -hmm. But like what you're actually doing in that moment is self-destructing. And when you like walk into how you're feeling, like taking yourself for literal walk or yourself for a literal walk, you are facing yourself. You're facing how you feel. You're facing what is happening to you in real time. Um, and that feels in a lot of ways like like you are literally letting yourself self-destruct because you're walking right into that storm of craziness. That's it's painful. You know, it's so it is painful. so painful. So it's like, I think it's so counterintuitive to do exactly what you need to do. Um, it feels counterintuitive, but that's yes. literally the answer. It is. You have to, you have to walk into it and you have to just like feel everything in order to move on. And if you keep yourself from feeling everything, like that just means you're going to carry that forward so much longer than you need to. So rather than like dealing with it now, maybe, you know, years down the line, that's going to impact your next relationship and potentially ruin it. So like, it's so worth it to walk into that storm and just face it all right when you're going through it, even though it's terrifying, because like, then you can actually move forward, like, kind of like you're letting those burdens stay in that storm. Like you deal with them while you're there you face it all and then you leave them there and you grow and you take what you need with you and you move forward. And it's just, it does feel crazy, but I just think that's like the only way to really 
um, like peacefully release something and yeah. and move forward and and have it be even maybe even be something that makes your next relationship more successful. Yeah, and that that's something that like it's reminding me a lot of the work that I do now going into the hospital and seeing patients that are there for mental health or um, addiction, you know, uh, medical reasons related to addiction, whether it be an OD or a suicide attempt or things like that. And I see um, sometimes, you know, when I see patients, I explain it in kind of like a metaphor of a wound, right? Where like we're in a hospital, it makes sense. Like they can get with that wavelength with me, but it's very like elementary almost, but I'm like, you know, you, you break a leg, right. Or or like, say like you get like a, you get like a big gash on your leg, right. Like you can put a bandaid on it and keep covering it up and keep it covered, you know, and just keep hoping that it's going to get better, you know, or if you, if you don't take care of, you know, like by doing that, there's risk of infection, there's risk of it never healing, possibly you need stitches, like that isn't something that can fix itself. You might need some outside help to actually help you with this, which is like yeah. where where my job comes in, you know, in the metaphor. I'm like, mm-hmm. I am coming in and telling you that, hey, like there are stitches available, there is ointment available, like there are yeah. physicians available that can help you, professionals to help you with this wound. You don't have to heal this wound by yourself. And in fact, it, you don't have the tools or the skills or the knowledge to fix this yourself. And so for you to just like wish and hope that your leg is going to heal, I'm telling you right now that it's not like it's a sickness. There's something up with your, this gash in your leg, which is their addiction, right? Like you follow right. me. Oh, so I'm, like, so I'm like, okay, so you have this gash. It ha- is infected. It is going to get worse. You need to have like an intervention on it. Like we got to get you some medical attention here. And so usually by using that analogy, they start to recognize like, Hey, I have this big wound that happened in my past or whatever, and it's infecting every other part of how I live my life. And if I like before you accept the help, you have to look down at your leg, open your eyes and take off the bandage and be like, this is gross. (laughs) Like I have (laughs) I, I have something that actually like I do need help with this. Like I have to admit that this is well out of my range of knowing how to heal this on my own. And so you have to admit it and you have to ask for help and you have to accept that help and then go through the painful, very painful process because I don't know anybody that's ever gotten wounds that's listening. Um, I am an accident prone child. It is how I've lived my life. But like getting the surgery done or getting the wound, you know, putting that alcohol on an open wound. Oh my God. You know, like just to clean it out, you know, so painful. It's excruciating. And to go through the physical therapy and all the things afterwards to have to like get back to your normal health. It's painful. It's a process. It hurts. It's you're going to feel like you want to give up. Like it sucks. And you literally have to do that process. That is the only way. The only way out is through. And I wish that mental health and I wish that addiction services and recovery in general from recovery from anything was talked about more in that way. Because like there is no way to fix it, like except for the going into the more 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 painful experience right now. That's going to hurt worse for a few short weeks, but it will or whatever, however long. But it will eventually, you know, it won't lead you to ruin and and early death, you know, if we treat it now. And it's going to hurt worse first, but potentially you could live a long, 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 beautiful life if we can heal this. Mm, absolutely, I think that that example. Um, 
like if I were in that situation would help me so much because like as a person, I am very, um, I feel like I tell myself like I'll figure it out or I just need to change how I think or I just need to, you know, work on this, you know, whatever thing and then like that will fix it or but like I can fix it, you know, like I'm so and I struggle like with that just for myself to in my daily like normal, you know, life where it and obviously like we all have wounds that we're working through that have just formed throughout life. Um, but I think in that setting, that's such a beautiful example because, and I think kind of a freeing example too, because like, there are just certain points where like, it is just beyond you alone, you know, like you do need the expertise of others and the support of others. And, and it's not even, you know, it's not about, um, strength. Yeah. You know, you being a failure and not being able to do it on your own or whatever, like it's literally about community and about um accepting where you're at and accepting help and the beauty of that um but I really I love that example of of the physical wound being yeah. you, know, you, well, you like, really do need other people like I mean in in what world would you get a massive gash like that on your leg and then shame the fuck out of yourself because you don't <laughs> know how to fix it yourself Right. We would never do that because our society that we live in tells us that medical necessity is a thing and mm -hmm. that every person isn't going to be educated and skilled or like able, you know, like to, <laughs> to do those home remedies and things that are necessary, like in our hospitals. So like we need community. We need to go to others who know more in order to get help. And that's not a shameful process. We don't look at that as like a moral failing when we get this massive gash and we need medical attention to have someone who knows what they're doing to help us fix it. But because our mental health and addiction is so stigmatized in our society and we don't talk about it at all. And we look at it as like, well, you know, just be happier or just walk, <laughs> walk it off or like whatever it is, whatever bullshit we tell people when they're depressed or like struggling with any other mental health, you know, like or, or addiction specifically, it's like, well, it's a choice. It's like, okay, that is so shaming because we don't have a system in place to help us understand what it is, you know? So it's like, we think yeah. that it's a moral failing and we're so ashamed that we have this gash, this wound that's been infecting us since we were young. And now it's just grown and it's taking over our life. And we think it's our fault that yeah. like, we don't know how to fix this wound. Like in what world would you be educated or skilled or like have the understanding of how to fix that wound on your own? Like you need community. You right. need to go to people who know. Well, and like the mind is such a vast ocean of, of crazy, like random pockets of this and that. And, you know, let alone just like the first few layers of everything that you're familiar with. Like there's so much that, that even the most experienced neurologists don't know about our brains how our brains work like and so I think it is so it's crazy to assume that you know just because it's your mind you should have control and you should know it all and you should be able to you know control it all like it's your mind is an ocean, literally, like there are so many parts of it that you have never even encountered or seen yet. Yeah. Like, 
you can't feel shame over not knowing how to control that beast. You know, like it's an uncontrollable beast in some ways, but in other ways, it's like you need to bring in someone who has that expertise of like knowing a bigger picture than you do even. Yeah. How to sail on that ship that we're on together. Yeah. Scuba dive or, you know, fucking start snorkeling something. I don't know. Right. Like you're fucked if you don't have at least one person who's like, nope, I know how to get to the next step or let me like hold your hand through this period because I've been here, you know, like, but yeah, I think it is really hard that that transition of like yes it's my mind but I need help with it (laughs) you know like yes it's hard but it's good and and I think the more people can embrace that better I I love this talk I love I love that you were on today I obviously we need to have you on again because you are just um because like I mentioned like you are such a beautiful mirror to me I feel like having a conversation with you is just so enlightening. Like I just, I find more of myself and I learn more about myself and my heart every time that I talk with you. So I hope that, uh, you know, like, I think we're going to wrap up this episode, but if you could come back like in the near future and we can talk more about specifically you, I feel like we did a a good job of like diving into kind of how I used to be and what our friendship was like when it first started. But what about you, you know, like, I I would love that because we were going to talk about the religious trauma um, growing up um, in the church and what that was like for you, because that is such a unique story. Um, and yeah, I just think that there's definitely things like we were going to talk about the occasional use of alcohol or THC, um, and what that can look like, especially in someone that is, um, you know, has had a, a troubling past and stuff like that. Like, what does dabbling mean? Is it always progressive? What can that look like? And is there shame to be had in like the exploratory phase when you are with your people that like are your people, you know, that you're, you're taking off your armor with them and you're safe with them. Um, yeah, we just, we didn't really get into that and we didn't even <laughs> really talk about like the Enneagram. Like, so I don't mean to say like all the things that we didn't talk about. It's just because like, we're, it's just such a deep conversation. Just we just need to, <laughs> we, I really want to have you back on. I would love that. Hell yeah. I will absolutely come back. Sweet. Okay. Well, this is, phenomenal I just love you so much I just I knew that this episode was going to run away with us I just knew it I I literally giggled at myself looking at my post-it note where I took notes because I'm like this isn't how we work (laughs) like we're not very structured people (laughs) no but I think it's good I think that's why we can you know broach as many different topics as we do because we just flow I hope that it made sense to everybody else because you and I are like totally in each other's energy where we're like, we understood everything that was just said. Well, I, just, sure. I hope that it is received well. And so um, as always, I mean, you know um, how to find me on social media. You can find Ellen. Are you on social media right now, Ellen? I am. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. So yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I share about the lovely Ellen from time to time, but you will be hearing more of her on another podcast episode in the near future. So. Thank you so much. I love you. I love you. Thank you for having me on. Fuck Small Talk is produced in partnership with Be Easy Marketing. It would mean so much if you took the time right now to follow the pod and give a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. 
I'll see you guys here next week for another Big Talk topic. Until then, let's keep moving forward.